You know, when I uh, read stories about Jesus, um, there are some parts that um, just seem kind of normal and everyday. And then there are those parts that are just fantastic and amazing. And it was supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be this incredible combination. Jesus, in his presence, in his person, was supposed to be 100% human and 100% God, and yet handshakeable, conversation participating, friendship relating kind of a thing. And it was just, it was just amazing. So when I say to you that the people that Jesus came into contact with were not necessarily strangers to prayer, I want you to understand that their entire world was focused around days of prayer and times of prayer and prayers that were memorized and prayers that were routine and then prayers that were sudden and prayers that were uh, heartfelt and powerful. But yet when Jesus came to them, his prayer life was noticeably different. These people that followed Jesus were used to the temple. They were used to um, priests and people participating, but yet Jesus took it to a whole nother level. And it wasn't sanctimonious. It wasn't fake. It was significant. It was powerful. And so they asked him, you know, we see a difference in your life. We see what happens when you're by yourself and the time that you spend with God and this time that you uh, spend with him in prayer. And, and we, there's a noticeable difference in your life when you pray. And so would you teach us to pray? And that's where we are. We're taking a look at that simple model prayer that Jesus gave. And we're taking one sentence at a time and we're, we're pulling it apart And uh, we started by asking the the simple question, why pray? And the first answer was because Jesus prayed. We're seeing the pattern that uh, was manifest in his life. And we'd like to see if we can uh, get the same blessings that he received when he participated in in those ways. The second answer to the question, why pray, was because uh, God is listening. When Jesus began his prayer and he said, our father in heaven, uh, he didn't say my father. He said, our father which means that there's a connection that we have and, and there's a participation that we can have with him, a relationship that we can have with him. And so answer number one, we, we pray because Jesus prayed. Number two, we pray because God is listening. And last week we took a look at that, that phrase that says, um, uh, uh, whatever Shan's paraphrase version, God, the things that are going on in heaven, we want them to happen on earth. Your will in heaven, we want it done here on earth. And we said that the third answer was because we want the things that God wants. And that's a hard thing to pray. It really is because um, most of the time we're praying for what we want. That's what we're praying for. And that's what we're talking about today. The next simple phrase is talks about uh, the, the things that we need each and every day. And we talk about those things usually First, let's take a look at what uh, uh, that prayer uh, actually was, what Jesus taught from Matthew chapter six, starting in verse five. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Let me stop right there for just a second. That is one of the most depressing 
parts of Scripture that I think I've ever read. Can you imagine trying to make up some kind of a word combination that you could say in public to impress other people all the while you're trying to let them know that you're talking to God, but yet you're just talking to the people who are there and the, and the, the reward that you get is somebody else's momentary satisfaction. And all the while you had at your disposal the audience of the creator of the universe and sold it out for the, the praise of men. Wow. What a waste. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you do pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There it is. There's the simple perspective and today, as I said, we're focusing on that one section that says, give us today our daily bread. Jesus is, it, it, before he even begins to say, this is how you should pray, he, he has this really interesting line. He has this interesting line that says something along the lines of, uh, your father knows, already knows what you need. He knows what you need before you even ask. That then begs the title question. Well, if that's the case, Shan, then why pray anyway? If God knows what we need, then what's the point? Did you hear what John said when he was given the, the short uh, encouragement before we took communion about what we already understand as children having parents and now as parents having children that we know what they need even before they ask? Sometimes they're not even asking. All right, they're they're in the grocery cart and and they're screaming. All right, they think they want marshmallows. We know what they really need. <laughs> right? And sometimes it's just a nap. But there's a big difference. Jesus did not say your father knows what you want even before you ask. He said your father knows what you need even before you ask it. And there's a significance there. God always knows what's really, really best for you and for me. And if I had an open mic this morning and, and just we just went one after another, there would be story after story after story of things that we wanted or even things that we didn't even know that we needed, and yet God took care of it. And some things that were just everyday amazing, and then things that were once in a lifetime amazing. The fact of what God knows that we need. Why do we pray? We pray because there are really things that we need. There really are. 
And that's the whole point. He says, uh, give us this day, give us today our daily bread. Bread in scripture uh, really is both the, the thing that it, it, it says it is, that, that substance that we eat, but it's also a metaphor for so much more. And this morning I want to give you uh, the normal and the more in all of that. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, uh, bread, uh, uh, bread represents the, the things that we need, the physical needs. The physical needs, the things that we have every day, every single day, we've got to get up and we've got to get something to eat. And, and, and there are things that happen all the time. It, it's the obvious one. Psalm 104 uh, says this, all creatures depend on you to give them their food when they need it. When you give it to them, they eat it. When you open, their, uh, when you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. I... Um, I am so blessed to be in this country. I've been in some that are, I've been in a couple of fourth world com- uh, countries in the Horn of Africa and in the Caribbean. And there've been a couple places I think were more like sixth or seventh world um, where people just didn't have a lot to eat. Um, we, we throw out more food than some people eat. And God has blessed us so well, so well. In a couple of weeks, we're going to sit down at a big table uh, and we're going to, plates are going to be passed and it's going to be that Thanksgiving meal. And every year I just, I just, I'm humbled. I just kind of sit silent and I say, God, I, I don't deserve to be fat. Okay. You have blessed me. You've blessed me with so much, but Lord, just the joy and the fun of eating. Seriously, it, I mean, there are things that you can eat, maybe depending upon diet or, or certain kind of food, but it's just stinking fun. And I love that line. Did you hear what he said? Uh, they are satisfied. Satisfied. God provides for our physical need daily. And he takes such good care of us. But physical needs aren't the only things that God uh, provides for. He also provides for the spiritual things. And there's an interesting story. Uh, for many of you, you know the story of, of Moses and the Exodus. You've probably either seen the cartoon representations or you watched Cecil B. DeMille years ago and the Ten Commandments and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's, a, there's so much more to the story than that. After Moses left Egypt, um, <clears throat> the, the, for uh, reasons that I don't have uh, enough time to explain, they ended up just wandering in the desert. They, they ignored God and they... Uh, didn't trust him after he'd taken such incredible care, miraculous care of them. They didn't trust him to take the next step. And so God said, fine, you're just going to wander around for a while. But while they wandered, he still provided for their physical needs and he let them have food every single day. And for those of you who know the story, the food that he gave them was called manna. Do you anybody, does anybody know what the word, the Hebrew word manna really means? What's actually literally, uh, does it, does anybody know? What is it? No, no, no. That's what it means. What is it? Manna literally means, what is it? 
Can you, can you imagine? Can, yeah, no, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to next month. We're going to have Thanksgiving. And you know what happens after Thanksgiving? Turkey salad, turkey cereal, turkey sandwiches, <laughs> turkey whatever, turkey this, turkey that, turkey, turkey, turkey. It's, it's all over the place. And after a while, you get sick and tired of it. And that basically is what happened to the people of Israel. In the morning, they had manna cereal. At lunchtime, they had uh, manna sandwiches. At dinnertime, they had manna cotti. But I'm bummed. But but see, why did God do that? Why did he do that? It's really simple. Your life is more than food. Your life is more than food. And sometimes even the meals just don't satisfy the longings and the needs that we have. You weren't made to be just a a physical being. You're spiritual as well. What did Jesus say in John chapter uh, 6? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It's not just the fact that you and I need to have a meal or more each day. It's the fact that you and I were created spiritually. Souls are, God made us in that way to have that relationship with him. That leads us to the next need. Uh, not just the physical needs that we have or spiritual, but also the relational needs. Uh, in the beginning, uh, we start with that vertical perspective, but then comes the, the, the horizontal one where we have relationships with one another and encourage one another in the vertical relationship that we have with God and that horizontal one with another. Uh, uh, we, we just did this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread... And to prayer, the bread is not just simply sustaining to us physically, but it's sustaining to us spiritually and relationally. When we partake together as we just did, we're all saying with one voice, Jesus, we're together because of you. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Uh, We're together because of you, because of what you've done for us. There's a brother of mine over here and a sister of mine right here. I know sometimes that seems silly, but it's powerful. It's significant. And God knows that we need that. We're not created to just uh, walk all by ourselves on this earth. Some of the, some of the most important things that we have are the relationships with one another. It really does mean a whole lot. Bread represents uh, the, need, the physical needs that we have, the spiritual needs that we have, the relational needs that we have, and lastly, the eternal needs that we have. Luke 22 says, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Jesus died for me. He died for you. He sure did. 
He sure did. Because God knew ultimately, eternally, what we really needed. We, we like watching 18-inning baseball games. <laughs> but we really need Jesus. That's what we really need. And above all else, above wonderful chili and chowder and soup, which we're going to get in just a little bit, and above wonderful friendships, some of which are, are three and four decades long, above all else, it's Jesus that we need. That's why we're here. That's why we say we, uh, we are here to help people find and follow Jesus because we know above all the other things, the spiritual, the physical, the relational needs, it's the eternal need that matters most. And from that need come all the others. All the others. I uh, sent out a, um, a short video uh, posted on Facebook and we uh, had some announcements about... Um, some things that I wanted to share with you. There's a lot that's been going on at Edgewood and, and behind the scenes, the leaders have been uh, really wrestling with some things. And I want to share with you some of the, some of the really good things that have come about all of that. Uh, because if this is a place where we want people to find and follow Jesus, uh, frankly, I, I, I hope you've, you already had a good day today, but I want you to take a look around for a second. There's, um, there's something that, I hope you're not satisfied with empty chairs and not just simply because we want to have uh, warm bodies fill them. There are people that you know that need to know who Jesus is. There are people that you love, some of whom you have been praying for for a long time. And we're not going to be satisfied with empty chairs. Which is why more than a couple of years ago, the leaders made some pretty significant changes. And at the time, those changes, uh, they, they kind of stirred a lot of folks up. But there's some really good things that are happening. And, and above all else, it's the eternal need that some of you had at the time and now have come to understand. And because of that, are now following Jesus, having found him. And there's a difference that's being made. And it's not an insignificant one at all. Because the most important thing that people need is Jesus. That's really it. He is the most important thing that you and I need. This, uh, this past spring, late spring in May, we had... Um, a 90-day challenge. And the 90-day challenge was basically um, uh, uh, the months of June, July, and August. Just say, hey, guys, listen, uh, our offering is a little bit short each week, uh, significantly short. And we just want to let you guys know because we need to make up the difference. And uh, in many ways, uh, it, there, was, there was an increase, but um, uh, it, it was meant to have the shortfall, but that increase didn't necessarily meet the need. And so we we're go how are we going to do this? How are we, we going to make this happen? Because we're meeting a need. We're doing some things that are really, really good, uh, but it's, we still need to do more. All right. Um, something has to be done. So we began to think about some things and what I'm going to share with you, I, it's really important that you hear every word that I'm going to tell you because at the beginning, some, there's a couple things you're going to go, what? All right. But you, you need to understand we came up with three different options. Option number one was to somehow increase our income. <laughs> 
Okay? Now, we talked about the 90-day giving challenge. We also, uh, in the past, we've looked at, you know, we own our building. We don't have any debt, per se. And we thought, well, I wonder if we could get us a loan for the collateral of the building. But uh, there's not a lot of financial institutions that, that will do that for, for, bank, for churches. They just, they just don't. Uh, it's re- it was really a challenge, and we looked at uh, uh, more than a couple. Uh, that didn't work. We also thought option number two was to rent a portion of our building. Six days a week, this building in many ways sits empty. It just sits empty, and it's a great asset that somebody might be able to take advantage of. And we know that there are portions of our building that we could lease out with not one aspect of impact on any, uh, any part of ministry per se. So we thought about that, but we also thought, wait a second, if something happens to the building, we're already short on cash. We don't necessarily have the financial margin to take care of something if it needs to be fixed, right? So option number one was to increase our income in in one way. Option number two was maybe to rent the building and, and bring more income in that way. Option number three was to actually sell the building that we have. All right. I know there's a lot of history in here, but it wouldn't be the first time that a church did that. But the problem was, okay, great. Now we've got a financial asset, but where do we go? Which way do we go? In either, in either, in either direction that we go, there are going to be people that are impacted. How do we do this? Now, this wasn't something, these options that, we've been, uh, that I'm sharing with you now, these aren't things that we talked about for a couple of weeks. I, I can tell you this has been going on for about 15 months. We've been thinking about this, praying about it. We really, really have. Um, <clears throat> so I know that right now that sounds kind of bad. Uh, it sounds kind of, there's a big burden. So what are the things that are going well? What's been going on that, that really is, is worth the discussion about some of these changes and what are we happening? Well, um, do you guys know that we had a low, uh, our attendance Basically, from January of 2017 or March of 2017, all the way to the present in 18 months, we've doubled our attendance and almost doubled our giving in 18 months. That is good stuff, guys. Do you realize, do you realize that if we do that again in 18 months, we won't fit here? We won't. We, 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 the, the, now, we might be able to squeeze in, in the chairs, but there's no way you're going to get all the cars parked in there, especially in the winter. It won't, it won't happen. So if we double our attendance, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? How are we going to do all that? There's, there's some things that we have there. But our giving and our attendance, attendance have increased. We've doubled in 18 months. And um, did you guys know that from November of 2016 to May of 2018, we averaged one baptism a month. Believe me, I'd love for that to be more, but that we're, we're changing people's lives. And for the people that have come to know who Jesus is, there's been a huge impact, not only on them, but on their families. And they're inviting people. And those people are inviting people. It, there, there's, there, there's a difference that's being made. It's not an insignificant one at all. And this year, we're going to participate in three different activities with our community. With different organizations from the community, we were getting ready. We did one uh, in the fall for the backpacks. We're getting ready to work with a bunch of families from the community for our, our trunk or treat. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to announce to you what we're going to be doing for Christmas. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, a, a, a lot of fun. But we're reaching out. We're we're beginning to impact the place that we live. We're beginning to show that we love where we live, and that's not an insignificant thing. Okay, well, back to the options. You know, um, in the beginning, uh, after a while, you know, when anybody ever had to think really, really hard about something? 
And after a while, you, your, your world starts to get kind of small, and you just, you're just kind of locked in. Well, one of the ways that we kind of got locked in is we thought we had to choose one of the three. And the fact of the matter is, we don't have to choose one. Because right now, our new vision is we're going to do all three. All three of them. We're going to do our best to do all three. Because our new vision, when it's all said and done, is, is that's the really only the way that we can do it. Um, just last, uh, just at the beginning of this month, uh, we uh, were uh, fortunate to uh, be connected with a ministry called Christian Financial Resources. Christian Financial Resources is a financially funding ministry for churches uh, that uh, works. Their, their whole purpose is to give uh, churches that are, are beginning to grow and beginning to have uh, needs to, to give funds to, to, to help their ministry grow. And um, they do what so many banks won't. And we uh, have applied for and have been initially approved for a $300,000 line of credit um, that is going to help sustain our ministry over the next, it's going to make up for the shortfall that we have in just a short bit. We're so close, guys. We are so close. We're really making a big difference, and we're getting there. We just need a little bit of help over the time. Now, for those of you that are concerned about the numbers, uh, when I tell you the terms of this loan, you're going to go, you, you got to be kidding me. The banks don't do this kind of stuff, and you're right, but CFR does. It's a line of credit, which means we only pay on what we draw out, Number one. Number two, for the first 36 months, we only pay interest on what we draw out, not on the principal. That's a, that, that pulls the burden. It really, really does. It's a big, big difference. And it's a 6.5% interest right now. Uh, so um, it, it, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great rate for what we have and for the organizations that we are. It makes a big difference. And our, and our goal is to, the, is to increase the capacity for what we have because right now, on average, about 40% of those who are here Sunday in and Sunday out are participating consistently in giving. Uh, and that's, that's just the way that it is. Those are the records that we have. So we're hoping that people will recognize not just the simple value of what we're providing, but the difference that we're making in people's lives. And they'll want to financially support that. So number one, we want to increase our income. Number two, um, <clears throat> we are going to look at uh, renting a portion of the building. There are portions. And listen, we, we are adaptable. There's... Um, uh, Somebody wants to rent my office for $1,000 a, a month? I'll, I'll work out of my car. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a big difference. And for the sake of the discussion, if they want, if they want to use all three offices, that's $3,000 a month. That, that cuts our deficit per month right now in half. That's huge. That is huge. So $3,000, uh, and whatever we have to do, we're working with some local people to begin to uh, see, uh, find out what's available and maybe work along those lines. Um, we, uh, that built, the fellowship hall back there is about 5,000 square feet of space that could be, if, if uh, 2,000 square feet of that face, space got used up and built out, it, we don't think it would impact our ministry at all on Sunday morning. We could still do it significantly. Uh, we, we can make that happen. So um, we want to increase our income. We want to uh, potentially pursue the rent. And then by the time that happens, guys, on, on an average Sunday, listen, right now, uh, John, where are you, John? Where's John? John, how many did you count right now? Did you count? 
120, okay? Right now, when you guys come walking in that door, you, sometimes it's hard to see. You, if you stopped right in, the hall, in that passageway, you'd look, ah, oh, there's not too many seats. There's some seats that are over here. But if we add another 20 or 30 people, we've maxed out this space right there. We need to go to another service. And some of you are going, yes, because I'd like to be able to go to church early on Sunday morning and then go to my son's ball game or at a different time. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's how I'd love to do that. Because the, 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 the bottom line, even though we love being together, it's about finding, helping people to find and follow Jesus. That's the point. The more people that we get to tell them who he is and the difference he's made in our lives and the difference he's going to make in their lives, that's the whole point of why we exist. And so if we can, if we can bump it out and have a service, say, at 8.30 and another one at 10.30 or something along those lines, we'll do it and we'll make a difference in, in people's lives, one after another after another. And then when we really have outgrown this place, we're not going to move from a position of weakness, but we're going to move from a position of strength because we have to. Now, I don't know where God's going to lead when it's all said and done. I just don't. And if you ask me and you say, well, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. But I don't have to. Because I serve a God that's got that all figured out already. He's given us wisdom and, and he's given us collectively the wisdom that we need to do this. But this is the direction that we're going. This is the difference that we want to make in Mansfield and in Norton and in Attleboro and North Attleboro and Easton and Bridgewater and, and so on and so on and so on. This is how we want to do this because we want to make a physical difference, a spiritual difference, a relational difference and an eternal difference for everyone everywhere as often as we possibly can. Now, you know what this is not about? I'll tell you a couple of different things that this is not about. This is not about making us financially secure. Okay? Uh, there's been a couple of big lottery prizes that have been up recently, right? Do you, guys know, do you guys know what the statistics are with the lottery? In about 24 months, the people that generally win them, 80 plus percent go right back to where they were, the same exact financial circumstance they were 24 months earlier. On average, the people who win significant sizes, uh, uh, lottery prizes, uh, have a minimum of two to three family lawsuits. So it doesn't make you financially secure. People say, did you play? I said, no, God takes care of me. He just does. He always has. This is not about making us financially secure. God already knows how to do that. And he's been blessing us in ways that just, we just kind of shake our heads and say, what's he doing? I don't know, but it's a lot of fun. All right. And this is also not about getting a new building. Um, I, I bumped into Ed yesterday and, and he said, we, I, I, he said he helped uh, take care of a couple of the tables that are already squared away for the fellowship hall. And, um, he said, I put a couple of buckets out there. And for those of you who've been here for a few years, you know that there's some leaks. There just are. And we just kind of roll our eyes and say, yep, it makes it awesome on Sunday, doesn't it? 
There are things that need to be taken care of. There have been things that need to be taken. It's not about just saying, I don't want to do this anymore, because it's not about that, because God can provide the, the means to take care of that as well. The question is, what are we doing to get people to learn about who Jesus is? All right. And this is so this is not also about growing a church so that we can have a big church because it's not about size. It's about eternity. That's the difference. It's about letting people know who Jesus is. One more, one more this week, two more next month, 18 more uh, for the quarter, 100 more for the year. That's what we're talking about. This is about the most effective way to help people find and follow Jesus in the shortest amount of time. That's what this is about. This is about giving people the bread of life. It's what we pray for. Really, when we pray, God, give us our daily bread, we're talking about not just a meal for the day, We're talking about a spiritual need and the relational need and the eternal needs. God, if I can be a help to someone to make a difference in their life today, give me the right words. Give me the help me to see the opportunity so I can say the right thing, not so that I look good, but so that you get the credit. This is why we pray. This is the difference that we want to make. Now, if you've got any questions, I know I threw out a lot of facts. I know I did that. Um, uh, Stan, John, Matt, uh, Mike, where you guys are, raise your hands. Um, we see Mike's, in the, uh, Mike's over here. Uh, Stan right there. John and, and Matt are right there. You can come and talk to me or those other four guys uh, during the day today or during the week. If you want to call, you can ask and just get some more uh, credible information about the things that we're, we're doing but God's, we've been praying about this for a long time. And God has really begun to open up some doors. And the things that, the seeds that were sown more than a, a couple of years ago, they really are beginning to germinate. And some things, some really good things are happening. So I pray that you are praying that we're going to make a difference in people's lives. That the bread that we give won't just satisfy the need for the day, but a need for eternity. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. For simple prayers. Thank you for the way that you answer those prayers in more than one way. Thank you for the way that you take care of us and that you bless us. Lord, we're not looking to have a big gathering so that we can have a big sign and bring big attention. God, we just want more people to know how wonderful you are, what you've done through Jesus and how he makes such a difference in people's lives. We know this because he's made such a difference in ours. He's blessed us and encouraged us and saved us, even from ourselves. And so God, as we uh, look forward to what you're going to do through us, God, we gratefully, but in some ways, even fearfully, Lord, we're not sure. We're not sure how it's all going to happen. We're not sure exactly what's going to take place from uh, this month to the next, but you are trustworthy. You are reliable. 
you're faithful and you keep your promises. And Lord, we've just been leaning on you, not on our own understanding, but on you. And there have been times when we've come up with certain ideas and you've kind of just closed the door on them and made it really clear to turn to the right and not to the left. So God, thank you so much. Thank you for providing our daily needs. Thank you for so much that you do for us. Lord, as we go forward, we want to do everything in your name. Give you all the credit because you are so, so good. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.